Welcome to Shift, a college admissions ACT and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less study time. You can get a free trial of our ACT course by visiting achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. Today, we have Kaylee Osana on the line with us from KO Tutoring. I assume that that's, those are your initials. They are. <laughs> and uh, would love to just hear a bit about your background and, and essentially you know, about your firm and, and what you guys do. Absolutely. Um, thank, you for ha- thank you for having me on. Um, mm-hmm. I am Kaylee Osana. I'm the owner of KO Tutoring. Um, we are located in Hagerstown, Maryland, but operate fully online. We serve as students looking for help with math grades 7 through 12, test prep, including ACT, SAT, ASVAP, and others, as well as mm-hmm. college admissions. I personally have seven years experience in teaching, um, two years as a public high school teacher, and then five mm-hmm. years working um, as a director owner of uh, tutoring companies. Fantastic. Well, great. So then today we're going to be talking a bit more on the, the ACT SAT side, which is how you should be using the practice exams in your study and also just sort of what is the, what is the purpose of this whole SAT ACT thing in general, right? Um, test optional has been a very popular topic. So I feel like, you know, yes, ACT and SAT are optional now. I think that like there's been a lot of conversation about that and whether that's good or bad. Um, but I'm curious sort of what you think about where the ACT and SAT should be thought of in your application and then also how um, to actually like prepare for these tests in a productive way. Absolutely. So the SAT and ACT are really just college readiness tests. I know mm-hmm. some of the past versions have had a lot more um, complicated things on there, but what it is today is just basic algebra, geometry, algebra two, with a mm-hmm. few advanced topics, um, and then reading comprehension and grammar. They're, these are skills that you need to be successful in college. Right. And... and- and it's like no surprise or I guess no accident that these skills are supposed to correlate with what will make you a successful college student. It's kind of their whole business. <laughs> if their test didn't have any, I guess, validity <laughs> or if it didn't, if higher ACT and SAT test scores did not correlate with higher grades or better academic performance at universities, they wouldn't really be that useful. Absolutely. Right? So and we see that. They're very invested. <laughs> Absolutely. And we see that correlated as the SAT and ACT have changed over the years. You know, there was a time where the essay, the colleges wanted more writing samples. So they added the essay. Um, and then we decided that the essay wasn't helpful. So we got rid of the essay. And they're always right. feedback. It's also like the essay, I, I actually, I, I didn't, I, I was one of the first people to take the essay for the SAT as far as the 2400.1. Uh, which dates me a little bit, but it it also was such a thing that like it was an additional eight hundred points on your score, right? I remember our, the val the person who ended up I think being the valedictorian in my class got a twenty three ninety because she got ten off on the essay and she retook the SAT to try to get a perfect score. She was one of those people. Um, so yeah, now I mean took that away, but I think that the it's more kind of like focus and back to basics now on 
the stuff that really matters in both proving that your high school prepared you in a way that's sort of adequate or equivalent to other high schools and in making sure that you can do the coursework when you show up at the college that admits you. Absolutely. And we especially see this in the new digital SAT, um, especially in the math, how it's going to break out into the second segment, which is either going to be the higher course or the lower course. So we can Mm -hmm. really drill down to who is an 800, who is a 780, who's a 760, or on the lower end, who's a 400 and who's a 450. And that's going to provide even more information. Right. So since you're kind of, uh, I, I guess it's fair to say, you're pro getting these tests done and getting some good scores on them, right? Definitely, if you're going to do it, you want to get good scores. Um, so then how do you get the best possible score and how do you leverage practice tests as part of that process, right? Because I think that a lot of times pe- people are making pretty basic mistakes when it comes to how they're taking these practice tests and also what they're inferring from their sort of, for lack of a better word, like their bad takes, Right. Absolutely. Um, One of the things that we hear a lot in industry is, oh, they're just bad test takers. Well, Mm -hmm. that can mean a a variety of things, right? There are people with true test anxiety who are bad test takers. It's not reflective of their ability. Or what we see more commonly is that there's grade inflation and that these kids don't actually know what the schools say they know. Um, So Mm -hmm. it's very, these tests are very good. They're one of the outside components that let us peer into what is actually happening in the high schools. Um, I like to use the SAT and kind of the teacher world, we say formative and summative. Formative Mm -hmm. informs our instruction. So we can use what we score on those initial tests to then study what we don't know and increase our score and then have our final SAT, ACT to be summative, to show what we have, what we do know and that we are ready for college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that the the formative aspect is like the core skills, right? Um, I think that that's also, frankly, the part that is maybe the, the where a lot of students will try to not like skip ahead of, but they'll kind of assume that they already have that when they're starting to prepare for these tests. And a lot of times they don't, right? Absolutely. Um, And it it can be one of two things. Um, One thing that we see is because of the accelerated courses, you know, we have students taking Algebra 2 in ninth grade. So then Mm -hmm. by the time their junior year, when they're taking the test, they've been through pre-calculus, calculus, calculus, statistics, and they forget some of the very basic skills. So we just have to go back and review some of that stuff they haven't seen since seventh grade. Some of them... Some of them have true educational gaps, um, and these can be caused through a variety of reasons. You know, these were a thing before the pandemic. The pandemic made it worse. Um, right. And they can be something just like you had the flu for a week in the fourth grade and missed multiplication. And now right. that's a gap. We just have to go back and fill it, and then everything else makes more sense. Totally. So then in sort of our, our warm-up or like, you know, before we got on this podcast, we talked a little bit about um, the how to use the tests well and some of the key things that you see students commonly do that is not good right one of them being (laughs) taking the test cold right so what does that mean to take to take the test cold absolutely 
please do not take the test cold. If you are out there listening, do not take the test cold. And what I mean is that you just show up and you take it, not ever having looked at the SAT before or ACT, no prep, nothing. Um, and there's a lot of reasons you don't You're talking do about this. like the real SAT, not even yes. like a practice test. Yeah, yeah not yeah. even a practice test. Just I showed up on Saturday, got my ticket, showed up on Saturday and took the test. Um, and there's a lot of reasons to not do this is one, these tests are expensive and mm-hmm. you don't really want to waste money. Um, two is that you want to be able to put your best foot forward. And if you have some of these unknown gaps, your score is going to be significantly lower <laughs> than it should be. And when the t- colleges get your report, they will see all of those scores. There's ways to omit those, but we just don't want to go down that route. There, There's so many free available resources you can use before showing up on that day that will greatly benefit you. Right. Well, and also, I mean, one of the most straightforward things to use is the practice tests, right? Like each of these companies provides official practice exams. Those are going to be your best bet, right? Because they're usually pretty affordable or free, and they also are written by the people that wrote the real test, right? Like you're getting you're getting the information straight from the source, versus, um, you know, there are like all vendors, right, including us. We work really hard to make sure that our practice exams are accurate and reflect the real exam. But we are not the people that wrote the real exam, so we're just doing our best sort of version of telephone. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's actually yeah. illegal for us to use the test question. So we have to have our interpretation of the test question that we can give you. Whereas the Blue Book, um, College Board, the Red Book for mm-hmm. the ACT, um, Khan Academy can use direct, real questions. Right. And so then let's, I, I would love to then talk about how the how of using these practice exams, right? Um, I think that you know, like you said, you really don't want to go in cold um, because essentially, you know, I don't want to say this goes on your permanent record because you can, like you said, sort of strategize around where you're going to submit what score to and why. But you also, you don't stand to gain anything by having sort of a first attempt that is not really well prepped for. It's kind of like you're, if you're playing a sport, right? It's like just going to the game that's your first thing that you do. Or like if you're planning to try out for a sports team and I made this mistake when I transferred and tried out for the soccer team, which I was really good at at my old school, but I didn't practice all summer. I just showed up to the tryout and then I didn't make the team because I wasn't prepared. Right. I was rusty. It had been a while or there were things like you said, gaps that I hadn't really thought about. And I, I think you know these tests are very similar where you you're just it, it's it's an endeavor it's a performance you're going to be doing a mental performance for three hours and you should prepare absolutely and I think your analogy of sports is spot on and something that our students really resonate with is mm-hmm. you can't show up the tryouts and decide that you know this is going to be your sport you have to prepare prior and then mm-hmm. you can show up and be very good um, I think there's this illusion that the SAT ACT is like this uh, IQ test and that if you just show up and get a 1500 then you are the best student and you're just going to be led into these colleges and that's not true this is more yeah. of like a sports performance where we need to prepare and to put our best foot forward yeah so what's the best way to prepare and how do you use practice tests as part of the process 
Yes. So I am a huge fan of practice tests. Um, like I said at the beginning, I use them um, as formative assessments. So what I do with my students is we sit down, we take a full-length practice test. Um, you need to do this, your first practice test, as test-like conditions as possible. And there's two right. mistakes that I see students really make when they do this. One is they'll be in a perfectly quiet environment. Hmm. Your testing room will never be perfectly quiet. There will be somebody with the sniffles driving you crazy the whole time. So right. go to a noisy library, um, slightly noisy library. Obviously, screaming children is going to cause problems too. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I think also in addition to that, I mean, something that I've heard a lot on, on this is that you really can't just, I mean, Obviously, not every student is going to have time to sit down for three hours a week in a row, like a three-hour block, and take the whole practice test. But you should endeavor to do that when you can, because you not only need to train yourself on the skills in the test, you need to also train yourself on four hours straight of testing. Absolutely. Back to our sports analogy, um, a game like soccer where you're running for 90 minutes, you can't just show up and hope you can run for 90 minutes. You have to train for endurance. The same yeah. thing with mental endurance. Right. And then with the um, with the the preparation and the practice tests, the other thing too, it, that uh, other piece of feedback I've heard a lot that it, people miss is uh, not having them be timed. And that's super important. Yes, that's my second thing that students mess up is not doing the time. Um, you need to stick to the time very rigidly because that is how it's going to be on test day. And there are mm. a lot of options. You know, there's YouTube videos um, that have it laid out and you can literally just hit play and they'll give you all the cues through the tests. Um, right. You can use your phone. Um, there's lots of lots of ways to make sure that you're sticking to that. Yeah. And, and again, the, the goal when you're taking practice tests should always be to replicate the test environment as best as you can. Absolutely. Yeah. So then tell me about, okay, so now you're taking practice tests. So then what? What are you doing when you get your score back from the practice test? Like, what's the next step there? Yeah. So you sit down. Um, ideally, most students take about eight weeks before their practice, uh, before their set date for the score set date for the test, um, mm. and they begin with a practice test. If you are unable to devote three hours to a practice test, at least taking it section by section with the rigid time is your next best option. Mm -hmm. So we start week one, um, taking the practice test. We score them. We look at our trends, right? We need to use an error log, go through and write every single question that we missed. Um, you know, section one, question two, here's my information, here's the question I missed, this was the answer I put. And you need to do that for the whole test. This may be really hard for some students, um, mm -hmm. but it is so important because this is where you're going to make your gains. Right. Well, and so why is that? So what we're going to do is we're going to look for trends. And every student is going to trend a little bit differently. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's, oh, I didn't remember the formula for a circle. I need to go back and study for that. Sometimes it's, oh, I don't remember all the comma rules, right? Because there's mm -hmm. a lot of comma rules and a lot of us were not taught grammar the correct way. Um, sometimes it can actually be a mental endurance issue, right? I got all of the first half of the questions right, and then I got tired. So I missed everything in the second half. 
Or mm-hmm. a third option is you got frustrated with one question, let's say question four, just mm-hmm. threw you for a loop, but then you got off track for the next three right. or four questions because you're fretting, you know, worrying about that question you missed instead of just restarting each question as a new question. Right. And then also there's like the timing aspect, right? Um, where if you take way too long on a question, even if you get it right, it can make you rush through the rest. Absolutely. Yeah. So then um, your last, the, the last kind of point on, on today's topic was about how to then take your error log and improve with it for your retakes, right? So how do you go about attacking the error log once it's been made? And then what should you be thinking about? You know, let's say you had trouble with geometry the next time you take that section of your on the next practice test that you're taking. Yeah. So what I like to do is we go through and we analyze what's happening. Um, you also, as the student works through, they need to write why they missed it, why they think they missed it. And you can't just say, oh, I forgot. You need to be really specific so that we can look for those trends and have them be very accurate. Um, what you need to do then is go and work on those problems. So if you forgot the geometry formulas, go study geometry. Um, one of my tricks I like to do with my students is have them create a personal study sheet. So which formulas do they forget? Which grammar rules do they forget? And they make their sheet based on that. Great. Yeah. And I think um, writing down like those formulas again and things like that can definitely help too. Absolutely. There's a study showing um, just the mechanism of writing versus typing is significantly better for our memory because the causes us to process the information a few more times than the muscle memory that we use when typing. Right. So then once you've got your, so you've got your error log, you figured out what you need to study geometry, you study geometry. So then when you're doing the retake, do you have any specific advice about how to maximize the value of that retake? Just to make sure that you are, well, first review your sheet before you take the test, mm-hmm. right? Because we're not going in cold. We know what we need now. We're going to study it. And then we take it the next day, you know, in exam like, um, as exam like as we can. So when you're going through that and you see that problem, don't panic. Take a deep breath. Reset yourself. You know how to do this. You've studied this. Answer mm-hmm. and move on. If you right. get stuck, I like to have my students write the number, um, you know, like 26 on the math section I'm stuck on. Just write it over on your spare sheet of paper and move on. And then you can come back to it if you have extra time. Don't spend too much time on one problem. Yeah. And that's also helpful because then you know what to study for the following time too. Absolutely. Any other thoughts maybe on like the timing of practice tests, like uh, particularly as you get close to the exam date? Yes. So in the typical eight weeks that we have, I like to have students take um, one every other week if we can. If we're in a tighter timeline of like four weeks, I have them take a full one on the Saturday and then we'll take one section by section during the week. And then they'll have that weekend off. And then the next week they'll take another full one. The more full test you can take, the more your score is going to go up because you will see these questions start repeating because mm-hmm. there's only a set amount of topics that we do on the SAT or ACT. Right. Got it. Great. Any other, any other advice for students that are preparing for these tests and how to use practice exams? Um, yes, but for the morning of. So morning of, of course, you know, get your yeah. sleep, eat your breakfast, bring your snacks and water, change your batteries, 
or charge your calculator. That's everyone's horror story is when the calculator dies in the middle of the math section. Um, what I also like to have my students do is to do some light reading in the morning. Mm-hmm. Find an article that you enjoy, and that'll help you get warmed up for the reading section, which is the both, which is the first section on both tests. Um, Great. Make sure you retake at least once. Typically, scores will go up the more time you retake, and you have the option for super scoring then. Great. Yeah, and then um, the other thing too, you were just talking about, um, you know, the morning of and having like a ritual for it. I, I would even say you should try to have that ritual in at least the last couple of full practice tests that you sit down and take so that you're kind of getting that muscle memory. Absolutely. That's a wonderful idea. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much, Kaylee. This has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Kaylee Osana from KO Tutoring. And you, you can get a free trial of Achievable's ACT course by visiting achievable.me. And if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout.